0: This is Jonathan Mickels with the Strategic Multifamily Investing Podcast, and I have with me Mr. Elijah Cheeks. And uh, Elijah, tell us what what, what your company is and kind of what you do. Give us a little introduction.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm the owner of Seven Figure Fund. Our company's mission is simple. We want to show people the fun way to scale their businesses to seven figures. And we love to work with people that are in the e-commerce space or the real estate space simply because most of them are always in need of more capital and the problem is on the internet there's just a ton of white noise out there (laughs) that constantly is confusing them or giving them bad information so we clear up all that white noise we either do it for them we do it with them or we give them all the tools to do it themselves
0: so that's good we've been having some preliminary conversation and i said pause hold it we gotta put it on the podcast because this is very interesting so First of all, I will say that I am not a financial analyst. I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. Uh, I'm not sure if you are, Elijah, but want to put out No,
1: I am not either. So the same disc- disclaimer here. We are consultants. I hire CPAs. I recommend some great ones, but no, <laughs> no, you're not.
0: Want to make sure that everybody understands that going forward. You want to make sure that nobody is taking this, you know, just off the cuff of what we're saying. Uh, I am a licensed realtor, uh, real estate agent or real estate salesperson. That's the official title in both Maryland and the DC and uh, working with some people to take down some multifamily investing. Uh, specifically, we're focusing in on it in North Carolina. So those things, you know, again, I have, do you have any additional certifications or any other things to to boot other than the seven-figure fund
1: that you've been doing? Sure, sure. I mean, um, I'm the owner of CBR Capital, which is a brokerage that helps people get funded, which makes, which works in tandem. Um, And in our seven-figure fund company, internally, we give free credit restoration. So I don't say we have a credit restoration company, even though it's licensed and bonded because we don't sell it, Um, but we do have it as a service for our clients that helps them move forward. Um, Aside from that, I'm a part owner in Property Penguins, which is a wholesaling real estate company in Philadelphia. And uh, check out Commerce, um, which is a um, e-commerce business. I have uh, a, a Shopify uh, e-commerce store that's doing really well. And um, those are the ventures currently that I have, and I plan on having more by uh, quarter three and four, uh, based off of some of our goals and expansion that we got going on here. But that's that's primarily what we do. All right. So this
0: is something I normally ask at the end, but I'm going to say, how do people get in contact with you? Because as we go through this conversation, I'm, I almost guarantee that some people will want to pick up the phone and give you a call. But
1: how, how do they get in contact with you? Is it social? Is it phone? Is it email? Sure, sure. Um, the best way to get in contact with me is sevenfigurefund.com. Uh, my schedule is connected directly to Seven Figure Fund. I work religiously on my schedule. So um, you could give us a call. I just, it'll be a message and then it'll direct you back to that website. You could DM me, um, but I don't answer any of my DMs. I have all the seven figure fun handles. So you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and you know, it's just gonna be a virtual assistant who will tell you to go to my website to schedule time to talk with me. So just to be very clear, the best way to talk to me is to go to sevenfigurefun.com and just schedule time to talk.
0: Perfect. Excellent. So kind of the backstory, you and I met through, I think, Michael Blank's uh, conference, Michael Blank's conference. And Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, July of 2019. And so, you you know, there's a big, big, you know, networking thing. Everybody's passing up, you know, business cards. And what I did is I, I came back and I took all those business cards and put them in my database. And I've been making it a commitment to actually you know calling my entire database and I called you and reconnected. And uh, it was like uh, you know a, a, a spark. And it was a wonderful spark because you had a lot of ideas and things that are out there. So I, I know that this particular platform and this podcast is devoted specifically towards multifamily, but you have some things specifically around e-commerce that your, your, your organization or business you know, does. Can you, can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, our company loves to work with people who are in one of two categories. They're either like the solopreneur, right, where they're trying to do everything themselves, or um, they're a, a first-time entrepreneur who's on their way to growing past that six-figure a month spot. Right, So the first person, the solopreneur, they typically don't know what they're doing. They typically don't have all the resources to, to get the legal together, to get the, the business credit together, etc. So what we do is we sit down with them and we partner them with someone who can go 50-50 with them on an e-commerce store. Um, it could be a Shopify automation store, an Amazon automation store, or a Walmart automation store. So So we have why
0: would would somebody want to go 50-50 with another person if they already have, I mean, what do they already have the knowledge or whatever? Why, why, why would somebody want to go 50-50 on an
1: e-commerce? Great, great question. You know, in the e-commerce space, um, data collection is the most important part of the business. If you talk to anyone who owns an e-commerce store, they'll tell you that they make money because of the data that they've aggregated over years for this certain audience for Facebook ads. So they don't have to spend so much money testing and they can launch it really fast. Um, So if someone is an investor mindset, they don't really care about the product. They don't really care about the brand. They just care about their margin. Um, Our e-commerce brands, they already know which, uh, which products are up and coming that don't have a lot of competition. Um, so if you guys want to go to ProSteamSpa.com, you'll see a really cool thing that, uh, we're selling ProSteam Pro Spa. Pro Spa. right? That's a, uh, it's an e-commerce store that's really cool because it's been on BuzzFeed and it's gone viral, but there aren't a lot of companies except for mine and a couple others in the market that are branding and putting it out to the market. Because of that, they already have gotten it to hundred K in a month um, last month with a different model, like a different store. And now they're bringing that exact same ad set to ours. That way we can scale the exact same way. So the reason why someone might want to partner is just because it gives more predictability. There's less testing. And then you don't have to do anything. It's all hands off. It's just making sure that you keep the business funded, making sure that you can pay for inventory using, you know, what we do is we make sure you have enough credit to do it. So that's where our specialty lies. What we do is we'll, we'll sit down with you. You say, okay, I want to have a business that makes me 10 grand a month. I want to replace my job. Cool. We can do that. What we need to do, though, is ask you to not dip into your 401k to do it, not spend money that you worked hard to earn to do it, because we just don't think that's the best way to do business. We think if you're going to do business and you can use other people's money, we've heard that term before, right? Um, You're going to be leveraging your risk and giving yourself way more upside. So step one is we try to get them funded. So we get them funded somewhere between 50 to $100,000 to acquire the business. We typically do this through business credit cards or lines of credit or term loans, whichever mix makes, makes sense for their file. And then after they're funded and they have a business they bought that's creating revenue after month two or three, we take that revenue-based uh, business and we build its business credit and we get another round of funding. Why would we do that again? Yeah. So we could buy the inventory, handle the ads and all the other things that needed are needed for expansion and and it's the fun way to scale to seven figures because most ma- most people do it the opposite, right? They they bootstrap it, save the money, spend it, and then hope it goes well. And that's, well,
0: then, that's a question. So there's a couple. There's a lot of questions that I. Have.
1: Yes, please, why, please.
0: Why, yeah. So why why buy inventory and things of that sort when you can, you know, drop ship? Because drop shipping oh. is really big
1: these days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the truth of the matter is, we do drop ship. So for the Shopify automation store, it's always drop shipping for the first month of testing where you get about a 30% margin right now what happens is after you figure out exactly what you need to do by spending about $100 a day on Facebook ads you know exactly what your target audience is who's buying, you want to spend $1,000 a day on ads towards that individual target now the only way to actually have shipping be like three to five days is to get a bulk order from China in most cases. That's why you would stop drop shipping. And then the other beautiful thing, as soon as you do that bulk order, now you're making like 80% margin too. So it's a two, it's a twofold. So that's where your profit comes. But the value in these businesses doesn't just lie in the revenue. It lies in its sellability because businesses, as you know, are sold based off of what they revenue, not just, you know, like a multifamily property, which is why a lot of multifamily property people that I work with kind of have both of these, you know, they have these assets. Yeah. Yeah. It's just another asset class where it's passive income, getting managed by someone else. Even the contract they sign with their business partner is that it's a management company and they have an exit strategy where in two years they will sell it. And they use the same broker every single time they use the same marketplace. They know exactly what the metrics are, what people will buy. So they're selling these businesses for two to three to 400,000 after they're revenueing, you know, about, you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 K a month. And most of these products are fads. Most of them die off. So they sell them before that product life cycle is dead. And that way it preserves the income and the money that they made off of the asset when they first purchased it. Now, when I started
0: uh, doing an e-commerce business by stick built, if you will, that's what I call it uh, (laughs) for for my pandemic, one of my pandemic, uh, you know, uh, 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 exercises, right? Since we're indoors. Um, I did notice that, you know, everybody was selling massagers, you know, the personal massagers, you know, if you're yep. you know, doing a lot of physical workouts and things, and, you know, again, those things may be fads. And so they will, you know, die out. So you'll need to get something else if you will, to replace that. So then the partnering, let me just make sure I understand this: the partnering if in the e-commerce business is partnering with someone who's already kind of built something, but yes. may need, if you will, fuel, you know, IE money in order to, to
1: scale whatever they're doing. Exactly right. So essentially these uh, automation store owners, um, they're limited in their ability to scale, not because of their knowledge and not because of the availability of the product or the marketplace. It's just, they don't have enough capital to build another website, to rebrand, to also pay for ads. They just, just, they just don't have it all for that. They have it for one or two stores that they're running, but not for the next five, six, or eight that they'd like to run because they're, they're constantly doing the research and they constantly see it. So in front of them, they're like, Man, I wish I had a client that I could do this with, and that's where we fill in the, in the gaps for that. Got one.
0: it. So then, so then, also, there is there an educational uh, portion because I could see very easily, say, someone who's in real estate, you know, is you know waiting on the right deal to come through because everything is so expensive right now, and so they are thinking about, hey, maybe I'll you know partner with Elijah and get somebody or whatever. How do I know that this group or this particular person I'm going to be partnering with? is the the real deal. I mean, how do I know that? And that I can, you know, partner with them and actually see the 10,000 a month, whatever, you know, that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, is is potentially possible
1: with partnering with someone. Well, the the great thing about the people that we work with is that, uh, for the Facebook ad portion, which is where the bulk of the e-commerce money is made, um, the Facebook ads manager has a course. So my fiance has her own brand um, powered by glam.com, right? And it's a a clothing brand, um, but its exposure needs to increase. And the way that she's going to increase the exposure because the copy is good, everything's good, the the content's great, is going to be with ads. So she's actually paying for their course to learn how to do it before she pays them to do the work. So that's an option that they give for some people who already have a brand and they want to elevate it. Um, And then if they are... More so, wanting to learn about how to do research in terms of like you know the nitty gritty of knowing exactly which brands are about to do well, they don't give away that information. So they are they they some they're willing to give, but some they will they will not. You know, okay. um the Amazon automation team that we work with, they're they're very much um, the type that'll do all the work for you too. And and the way that they consistently help their clients feel comfortable is different because when it comes to Amazon drop shipping. Um, the actual methodologies change almost uh, biannually um, recently because of Walmart um, drop shipping that used to be effective that it's now ineffective because they're using door dashers to drop off deliveries which gets rid of the tracking info which Amazon hates. So a lot of drop shipping in the Amazon space that was happening primarily from Walmart products, which is a really good system um, died very quickly. Right. Um, So there's a new strategy that's being unearthed where people are doing FBA and then transitioning it into a partially dropshipping model. So that way the stores will not get banned. Um, But in those ecosystems, again, they're not going to teach the information. But the way that I'm talking to you about how everything's happening is the way they communicate. Um, I know this because we own stores with all the people that we work with. So we don't recommend any business with companies that we don't actually do business with. So my mother has an automation store with the Amazon team we work with. Um, my my buddy of 15 years that I worked with has a Walmart automation store with the team that we work with. So I see his numbers and I log into his back office. Um, and then I have a Shopify automation store plus uh, my mother and then I you know a couple other colleagues. So that's uh so so we we're really we drink our own Kool Aid before we serve it right. So that's that's another a uh, litmus test that we do. But we're we're really big into testing. You know we don't dive into anything. Head first, We really take our time and we leverage it too. So it's easier. It's all on credit. It's not so like we you, use our big you, you cash.
0: Mentioned, on this. You've mentioned that you've done it for your wife or your fiance. Yep. You've done it for yourself. You've done it for your mother. You, you've done it for your business partner. That's four or five people, right? That you've done this for. How many people have you, you know, do you, do you have in terms of clients right now? Can you share that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have over 30 clients now um, that are in these programs. Um, some of our clients are more heavily um, real estate investors. So they don't have um, as strong of a desire to do the e-commerce world right now, but they do see themselves doing it. We actually call it digital real estate because it has a lot of the same exact type of, um, uh, you know, uh, aspects of it that that make real estate attractive, right? Like for right. example, you owning an asset because it's an LLC, you can leverage that asset, right. you can sell that asset. Um, due to market conditions, that asset can increase in value, Right. Um, so these are, and with these market conditions we currently have, e-commerce is a very healthy asset to own comparatively to some other assets. Sometimes, so um, I'd rather have an e-commerce store that sold shoes than a shoe store right now, right? So um, that's uh, that's kind of the thought pattern that um, we lead with, and I think the people who are on board with that, they they kind of see that, and they that's how they move into it. So so let's
0: let's talk about what your your the avatar of your ideal. Customer or client that you'd like to bring on. Yeah. Um, what what does what does she or he look like
1: uh, mm-hmm. on paper
0: or otherwise that that you're dealing with?
1: Yeah, well, um, they they on paper they're someone who either has a I would say thirty to forty thousand dollars that they're comfortable with using to build a business. Um, the reason why I say that is because if they have no business acumen, no business skill, they have like really nothing. We're going to advise them to get a coach. (laughs) You know, we're going to advise them to to first use some of their cash to build business credit on an entity that they can leverage and then take that money to buy a business. Um, And we want them to be comfortable waiting six months to 12 months to start getting results that can replace a a full-time six-figure job, right? So so we want some patience there. Um, If they're going to be expected to make 10K a month you know, we need them to be able to be comfortable with waiting six, eight, 12 months for that type of income. Because, you know, if we're doing e-commerce, there's one, two, three, four months of testing on different products that sometimes they catch them at the end of a trend, right? Sometimes they catch them at the beginning and, and that's, that's a variable, but it's a measured variable. You know, they're only spending a thousand dollars a month for those ads. So it's not like they're breaking the bank. Um, and then once they start scaling, they made all that money back. So it's not a, it's not a big deal, but um, that's my ideal avatar when they have no experience. My ideal avatar for a business owner is a 20K a month business owner. Um, the industries that we really like are the e-commerce industry. We like the real estate industry a lot. We like the trucking industry and we like the um, car rental industry. And the reason why is because you can leverage your business credit intelligently for those industries where you have almost no risk. We have a client um, name, well, I can't say his name. Uh, at least I don't know if I can, but, um, but we'll just call him Mr. X. <laughs> Mr. X just got his sixth car. For his tarot business and when we met him three Turo, weeks ago yeah, yeah tarot business right and when we met him three weeks ago
0: because on some people don't know what we're something oh and, okay. let me I, talk I, about Turo. sorry so, so <laughs> Turo is an is an online app right where mm-hmm. you can rent out your car oftentimes there are people who have really nice cars you know like the tesla x or the you know or uh, Ferraris or something like that. And somebody needs to, to rent it out for a couple of days or whatever, and you can go rent out your car. Am I correct in saying this? Did I absolutely, that? absolutely. Right.
1: absolutely. want to make absolutely. sure.
0: So, so what this individual, Mr. X has done has bought several high end cars specifically yes. to be
1: rented out
0: to yes. people, kind of like for the prom or something like that. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. And, and for him, it's great. Cause he has a family. Um, he, uh, he's a real estate investor but this market has not made it very easy for him to get good deals or even get deals that he would feel comfortable with because he doesn't know if the renters are gonna pay, right? So there's like that residual income that he's missing that he's used to, but he's afraid of, you know spending a lot of his money, he's afraid of, so there's all these fears that, are, that were surrounding him and his credit score was like a 580 when we met him. Um, and uh, when we got him in our program, we got it to 720 um, in, uh, in a month, uh, which was really, we, we didn't expect that it to go that well, but uh, but it was, it was we were happy, you that's know. It's a, a pretty
0: nice little turnaround. It's a pretty yeah, nice I mean,
1: turnaround. We told him six months, right? And then, you know, a month later, we're all smiling. He's like, whose credit is that? The text. I'm like, it's yours, you know. And it's, now, hold on. Now,
0: when you say 720, a lot of times we quote one particular score, but, you know, there are three different credit bureaus are 720,
1: 680, and a 660 or 670. It was, those were the three that he had, and they were like 580, 610, 606, something like that. That, yeah. right
0: yeah so. so so everybody out there for, for people who don't quite get it you know generally you've got three scores what happens is you rank them from lowest to highest the one that's in the middle after you've ranked them that generally is your credit score
1: yeah and, and in this space um because we are so um dialed in with business credit and personal credit. Sometimes we can just rock with one score because there's banks like Navy Federal Credit Union that only check Equifax and TransUnion. And we have a bank list that has over like 60 different banks. So we know exactly what actual um, uh, credit bureau they're actually pulling from. So we just really look at data points. For him, it was easy though, because in this industry of renting cars, that collateralized asset takes a lot of the weight off of your credit, which is why I'm, why so many people can buy cars regardless of their credit usually. Um, it may just be a worse loan, right? But then this is the other part that's exciting. Um, we were able to build his business credit at the exact same time. So since his business credit was built and his personal credit went up, he was able to get the cars under his business's name. So none of these cars are on his personal name. That's the reason why he's able to get so many. And with the beauty so of- can
0: he use those cars? I mean, he rents those cars from his business
1: yeah, he's going to rent them for his business. And that's the whole purpose. And now um, just with these six cars, he now can handle all of his home expenses. He's going to be making over three K a month. um, And he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to worry about bills. And that's something that he was fighting for when he met us, you know, and that's, and so we felt really good.
0: Now, again, Mr. X, we don't know his name. Thank goodness. We don't know his name, but (laughs) ask a couple additional questions you know, it took a month to get from where he was at 580. But again, you were initially saying it was going to take six months, right? Yes. yes. How long did it take him to get these six cars in his name after you guys got him to a 720? He's got he's getting two
1: today. So he has four already, and he got two today. So I would say um, it took another six weeks, maybe because we had to we had to build his business credit a little bit more than it was he had some net 30s already. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I'll start being more of a teacher in this It's all right. <laughs> I know, I, we, you can help me. Say, you really, really helped me out with it, It's great. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah, but a net 30 account, when you build business credit, just like when you build your personal credit, you have to take on debt and then pay it off. Well, a net 30 is an account that has to be paid in 30 days or less. When you get 15 net 30 accounts for your business credit, um, it really puts you in a, in a, in a better position for lending. In fact, um, paying them all in under 10 days puts you at what's called a 90 Paydex score. And the Paydex score is essentially the business credit score. You can think of it like your FICO for your personal credit. The Paydex is for your business credit. So... Um, Basically, we just had to get him uh, some more net 30s to get his paydex score where it needed to be. And then we had to build a bank list that would work specifically for his area and for the fact that he wanted cars and that would work with business credit that had no tax data on the business that had no income on the business.
0: When you said his area is that geographical area or
1: geographical area? Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because there's different bank lists based off your geographical area. I mean, you're in that um, you're in a, a very healthy geographical area for funding, mostly because everywhere below the Sun Belt, they expand. The banks actually expand their radius more because it's more land surface area between banks. So, like your bank list, if you have a bank with like SunTrust Bank, um, and you're in Georgia. And the only SunTrust Bank is in Florida. They'll still consider that part of your bank list, just like if you're in New Jersey oh, okay. and you have a bank like Barclays that's in New York, that could still be considered for your bank list. But it wouldn't work if it was like you know just a little farther away. So the the the, the ones above the Sun Belt typically have a lower bank list. And what we found is that red states typically have lower um, like uh, what uh, regulations <laughs> when it comes to getting funded. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They have more sure. regular. Yeah. It's
0: really neat. So you're uncovering a bunch of different things that I, I did not know. And uh, this is, this is great. Now, one of the things that we talked about and thank you very much for, for sharing with us um, an example here of, of what you're talking about, but you know, again, some people are probably saying, but Jonathan, this is a multifamily investing podcast. What, you know, what about all this? Well, before we get there, you know, I started talking to uh, Elijah about um Dave Ramsey. And, you know, I'm a devotee. I have been a devotee of Dave Ramsey. And uh, I've gone through the course a couple of different times. You've gone through the course. You used to teach the course.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I'm a big believer in the Dave Ramsey program. Um, The reason why is because what it does, it teaches responsibility. It teaches how to treat money, how to feel about money. And all those feelings for all of our clients still exist for all of their hard-earned money. We don't want them to actually ever take their hard-earned money that they spent and saved and ever try to throw it in to a risky element that could hurt their livelihood. We also don't want them to be in a position where their livelihood's at risk because they built a business and all it takes now is a lawsuit for their whole life to end. You know, Dave Ramsey's great. You know, And he's awesome. And I love him. I love what he teaches. But which business owner is safer? The one business owner that has a $1 million business that has not built any business credit and just built it from the ground up and has been bootstrapping it? Or the business owner that has a million in revenue from 10 different entities that all have business credit and business insurance? I think we know the answer. Business credit <laughs> and business insurance.
0: This is this is, okay, I, I, I've got I, I've got bunches more. So you are a devotee of Dave Ramsey when it comes to personal yes finances, yes. Personal credit, personal yes. Personal W two income that you earn. However, on the other side, when it comes to business, you're saying let let's use the laws and the functions and the systems mm-hmm. that have been created for business
1: to build business. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, think about it like playing two different sports. You know, your personal life is soccer. You don't need pads. You just got to play right. You got to be safe. You got to make the right decisions, but business is football. It is a full contact sport. They are going to sue you when you're rich because that's what they do in America. And if you have business insurance, you don't have to worry about it. The insurance will pay you for the lawsuit. But if you don't do that, and you just leverage everything on your back, then they're coming for your house. They're coming for your, your kids' savings. They're coming for everything you own just because that's the ecosystem we're in. So I think that for everyone who's an employee who never wants to run a business, following the Dave Ramsey program will give you massive peace. But if you follow that Dave Ramsey program as a business owner, you will have a lot of stress. <laughs> Got it. That's, 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 that's my opinion. Got
0: it. Okay. So let's pivot now to real estate multifamily. You, you have some, some long background in, in real estate yourself. You, you yes. tell, tell us a little bit more about how you got started in real estate so that, and then kind of where you are uh, because, you know, some people may think that you're only here for credit and, and talking about e-commerce and that's the way to go. But for anybody else who's listening, if you haven't seen already, you know, there are a lot of stores that are still impacted. And even when people, when we come back indoors, it's not gonna be the same. I I remember uh, Dr. Howard John Wesley from Alfred Street Baptist Church that said, normal is ahead of us, not behind us. Mm -hmm. So this is something that we should should really consider, but tell us about your real estate story.
1: Well, um, I guess my real estate story started when my mother decided to give me smart kid, rich kid, Um, that book by Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad, but for kids version, you know, I think it started there. Um, I got interested in real estate. And then when I went to college, I went to Florida A&M university in Tallahassee, Florida. When I went to fam, my mom uh, decided to buy two houses next to each other because they were so cheap compared to houses in Massachusetts. They were only like 130 grand and that was like nickels to her. So she was like, let's get, let's get two, you know? And, um, so she bought those two houses and I managed them. So I was a property manager my sophomore year in college. Smart. Um, smart. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> smart all around. Smart. Too smart. How old were you when she did
0: this? I'm just, because I'm sitting here like,
1: Lord. I think I, think I was uh, 19, 18, 18 or 19. Yeah. So okay. so, so, I was a property manager. Um, and uh, obviously um, it changed my psychology about the first of the month. <laughs> so at a very young age, because I, I never paid rent yet you know um so at a very young age the first of the month was always exciting for me it was like oh we're getting some more money we're gonna pay these bills and I'm gonna have a little extra you know and it was it was kind of cool you know and um and then I, I I took my investing my journey to the next level because what I really cared about because I'm not very an aesthetic or uh, like when it comes to like design and creativity, that's not my thing. Um, but I do like money and I like numbers. That's kind of my thing. So I decided to get my mortgage broker's license in Florida. So I got my mortgage broker's license. So I understood the numbers side of things deeper. And then I broke my first property at 20, um, which was 2008, uh, which was also a great um, learning opportunity for anyone who wants to be a lifetime investor because it was the crash. So I bought a property for 67 grand that was supposed to be worth 85 grand the next day because one sold literally the day before for 85 grand. I got one of those stated income loans where it had a bunch of stuff on there that was not true. It was complete mortgage fraud. I was a 20-year-old kid who had no idea what this mortgage broker was doing with me, right? I'm sitting at this closing table with all these lawyers. I'm signing this paper alone. I have no representation. I don't know what's going on. But I bought it. And you know what, that that thing had a renter in it and it was cash flowing for for a while before I just let it go. Right. Um, and, I, and I learned enough about uh, mortgage fraud that was done to me enough about credit restoration that I wasn't afraid to just let it go. And I don't have a foreclosure on my report. My credit score is great, um, but I did have a foreclosure at one point. So that led me to learning about credit repair too. But back to the real estate stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <a> <laughs> Sorry. And I just
1: kind of went down that rabbit hole. I apologize. I'm like, hold on. You just
0: said a whole lot. So, so you bought the house at, at 65, even though it was 80, something else was 85. So,
1: it was, so, the, so the realtor showed me a listing that sold for 85 grand of the exact same unit. It was a condo. He's like, buy this for 67. You'll be able to sell it for 85. I bought it for 67. The crash happened that week. And, um, and I I never was able to resell it for that higher amount. It wouldn't go past 67, 69. And I was like, all right, just rent it out. And I rented it out.
0: So you rented it out, but you said you, but it foreclosed, you said, let it go. I rented
1: out for three years. And then I just stopped. I just stopped. I was an absentee. Why
0: why did you, why, why did you, why did you just stop? Well,
1: if I, if I bought it initially to be a rental property, it would have been the worst decision ever. So there's a lot of lessons I learned about buying a condo, right? Cause exactly. we got the HOA fees. Oh yeah. Was it was upside idea. down. Exactly. We also had, it was, a, it was a single family. It was a one, a one bedroom. So what, how, what type of rent can you get from before, before there was an Airbnb, right? So, and, and I wish I knew about owner financing then cause then I would have owner financed my way out of that deal I had someone else take over the mortgage and, and not have to get a foreclosure. But you know, all the learning was, was for good stuff because then it led me down the road of, okay, now I had this foreclosure I can't buy property with my own credit anymore. At least that's how I felt. So it forced me to be creative. So I learned about owner financing. I took tons of courses, like the one I met you at about real estate. And then I started wholesaling property. So we started wholesaling in New Jersey. Um, and uh, we were doing really well there because uh, we just had such an aggressive um we looked at every property like we were flipping it ourselves. So that's why our, whole, our 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 deals were bought so easily and people loved us. So now we're doing it in in Philadelphia with Property Penguins. In the meanwhile, my mother is doing three deals right now that she's flipping in Baltimore with her fiance, and they're um, they're they're going to build um, their own house that they're going to live in. But they're also going to buy some multifamily. My fiance is getting her real estate license, so that way we can buy some property in the east side of Austin. And my best friend is building 60 units right here. So real estate is something that I've committed to for my entire life. So the ups and downs of it are just lessons. And I enjoy all of them now, especially the COVID ones. And um, I think that's where my psychology about being a real estate investor really got kicked off because I got kicked in the teeth early and that's a better time to get kicked in the teeth. So <laughs> it was it was great.
0: That's because later on in life, it becomes one of those things where it's a little now bit- Now it's wisdom. <laughs> Before I was stupid, now I'm wise.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so 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 then right now there's you know there are a lot of investors who are kind of on the sideline um, to some degree. You know, some people are trying to time the market because from a you know, single family perspective, you know, the prices are wow. You know, at this time in 2008, I think there were probably 4 million houses that were on the market, right? Now there are only about a million plus houses on the market. I was just looking at those numbers from, um, reported from my GMA, uh, Good Morning America. And so then that means the housing prices are crazy, you know, escalation clauses, right? You know about those things. And so people are kind of sitting on the sidelines and they're like, well, what do I do with this credit thing now? How will this help me? How do I, you know possibly morph my business or leverage my business in the business credit? What sorts of things would you give as advice right now for someone either on the single family side or even on the multifamily side to to do right now with credit?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Uh, Two things. If you're on the single family side, then the the name of the game is deals, 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 right? Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to find those diamonds in the rough, right? Where the person can do an owner financing deal or or you can take over a property without having to put any money down. But in order to find those deals, you're not going to get them from wholesalers anymore. They're not as plentiful. You're not going to get them from realtors at all. Uh no, unless it's John, John's good. The checks in the mail. Yeah. Go for it. But but you know, you're 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 more than likely um gonna have to find these deals yourself. So what I would use as a strategy and what we are using as a strategy, FYI, for getting deals right now, um, is we're simply using business credit that we've built on an entity. We've gotten it, we've gotten it funded, we're using that cash and we've spent it on. Uh, five full-time workers who are virtual assistants in the Philippines. Wow! They're making calls right now while I'm here with you. They do it every single day. Um, we use systems like Mojo Dialer, which allows them to call three people at the same time. So we're calling team. thousands of people a day. Yep. We also use Follow-Up Boss at the same time to integrate with our American team of people who are incentivized through commission and they're actually calling hot leads and the best leads and i would encourage that type of structure for you to buy a single family house it sounds crazy to do that much to put 20 grand into marketing or you know right now i think our our spend is at about nine thousand plus the, the the coach we we always pay for a local in-town coach too i would recommend that too um that's why i say get all this other capital because all of the stuff you can see has value but people are like well i don't want to spend three thousand of my dollars i don't want to spend nine but if you are doing it on like a business line of credit. It's nine percent interest. You can pay that monthly, and then as soon as you get a wholesale deal, you can pay that all off, or you can still get a property and still handle that that little bit of credit that you got to use it for building your business, for getting deals. I don't recommend getting seventeen credit cards and a business line of credit and buying a property cash. I don't people do that, and when they do, it's not the worst decision because you could refinance out the house after it's owned cash and then use it to pay some of those credit cards. So it's not the worst strategy, but I don't think it's the highest and best use. I think the highest and best use is deal acquisition. And then using that to find the deals that you're used to doing or ones that are even better than you've ever done. That's where I would put the business credit capital for a single family owner. And I would probably do the same thing for multifamily too, but multifamily is so plentiful and it's opportunity comparatively to single family. Um, Single family is just more competitive not a lot of people are competing for whole, whole um, for for multifamily comparatively. Like not everyone's trying to buy an apartment complex, so the marketing would go a lot farther. You know, um, if you're doing the same type of texting, calling, and mailing strategy for multifamily, but then what would what I would. Also, try to do is I would actually still try to get enough business credit, business lines of credit to help with some of the down payments because they're like really hefty down payments, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah
0: the percent. If you're doing yeah. Fannie Freddie loans or whatever, twenty five percent of whatever the purchase price is, and generally, you know, in where I'm at, we're we're doing syndications, right? Yeah. That you're pooling together a group of people together to do that. That you have pre existing substantive relationships because that's uh, SEC Section five hundred six B. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> that's yes. the
0: exemption so, that. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was going to say, just at that point, one thing that I think about, which is really funny, I always used to say to our clients, it's easier to repair someone's credit than to repair a relationship. So in that same vein, when you're going out or one of your partners are going out to get money for the syndication, when we do things like that, our conversation isn't, hey, can you give us your 401k because it's a better rate of return on our apartment complex? It's, hey, can we use your credit? because you're gonna get an infinite return now because you'll never come out of pocket. And worst case scenario, we'll repair your credit for free. <laughs> and we leveraged it all on the business. <laughs> we leveraged it all on the business. So the fact, so the chances of the money actually ending up on their personal credit, if we did a horrible job, which we definitely don't, right? If we, if we worst case scenario, we did a horrible job, didn't pay any of the notes, didn't pay any of the bills and it, and it defaulted, it would still take two years for it to even be a collection. Or a charge off on their personal credit that we could get deleted.
0: Okay, so so a couple of things you mentioned. Going back to the single family thing you mentioned, and we use some money. You, I think you said we use some money to to hire a local coach. Help me understand what you mean. Yeah,
1: which- that's that's our secret sauce. Every time we go into another market, we go and try to find someone who is a mentor or coach in that local area, like that neighborhood, that city, um, that is, and we just pay them to coach us. So in Jersey, I, I paid a coach 12 grand just so that way they could, that's done over a hundred deals in Jersey, by the way, that's important. They have to do at least a hundred deals as our criteria. And right. that's that area. So that way, the little things like which title company is the best, I don't need to go and test, you know, which attorney is the best for these types of deals. Like what these little laws that change state to state, I, I don't have to really spend too much time. They have their finger on the pulse and they know when I tell them about a city or an area, it's just such good consulting. And then I sell them deals too. And it's like, they want to buy them. They know I'm trained and it's just, it makes everything easier. My buyer's list is nothing, something I ever have to worry about because I always leverage their buyer's list, you know? Um, so we do that in every territory because it just jump starts us. And and for this one that we had in Philly, it only costs like 3,500 bucks. So that was a layup, like absolutely, you know? And he's doing 20 deals a month. And, you know, and they, they show you their, like we, we have really good questions that we ask our, our, our coaches. Like they have to show us like five or six HUDs. We have to be able to call people individually that have gone through their coaching, ask them about the post- Uh, post-seminar relationship, you know, what the communication looks like, and, and um, yeah, and that's been a winning strategy for us. It always shortens the curve, speeds things up, so we love doing that. The
0: next question you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, it's better to, that you can repair credit rather than repair a relationship, and (laughs) That say your partners in a deal, instead of asking for say their 401k, their IRA, their self-directed funds, whatever, because some people have those things or some people just have cash, right? If they're doing a syndication, Mm -hmm. Um, you ask them for their credit and then you go and borrow based on the the business that's created. So generally what I think I understand you're saying is the entity that you put together to go purchase an apartment building, instead of taking your personal money as a part of putting that in there. Why not build that business up with business credit based on the people that are in the yes. business, yes. Let the business credit that is built up with those people use that to pay the down payment, yes. To then move on with that particular thing. And then you mentioned, you know, what are the terms generally on that I, I, I'm just thinking like. You know, you you've got a that's credit on top of credit and I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure does Fannie and Freddie allow you to do that to be able to, you know, because I know some people would go say, so, well, so so
1: Freddie so that's, so, that, so, they, they, so there, they, this is this is probably not going to be Fannie and Freddie type of deals. Um, these are more like those owner finance, the ones where you talk to the owner. These are those off market. This is where cash is king or queen, and the numbers make sense, you know. Right. Um, a Fannie or Freddie deal, yeah, you're all cashed up, they're in your books, they know exactly where every dollar and cent came from. And you, you can't okay. even have a person on the thing that's had a felony. So that, you know, so that doesn't that doesn't work too well for every single ecosystem, right? right. So, so we're more so of solution finders and and we always we always kind of have an abundant mindset about how we look at the marketplace, and that's that's where we come up with these ideas and strategies. Um, but the conventional strategy is 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 just as valid. Absolutely, it's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. Uh, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so that, let, now we've talked about what your ideal avatar is. I think you mentioned, you know, generally somebody who has 30, $40,000, who's looking to kind of, you know, ultimately, you know, generate $10,000 a month to maybe get out of their W2. They can come in or your ideal is that there's a 20,000 a month, you know, business owner that then, can, can do some things with you. What is there, and I know that sometimes this may, may be, is there a, a scenario for somebody said, look, I am, you know, in a, in a regular job, if you will. And, you know, I've got, I don't have 10, $20,000 or $30,000 set aside. How can I get access or can I leverage yeah. some of these things that, that you're talking about? I'm not your ideal avatar, but what, what, what would you say to them?
1: Do you have good credit is the first question. Now, if they don't. And what's so good that's, credit? No, that's what, what's good credit? Good credit is above a 720 credit score with over 10 accounts on your profile. And, and a credit card, that's at least at least free. two credit cards and at least $2,500 in terms of their limits as a minimum. That's good credit.
0: Two credit cards.
1: Over 2,500.
0: Over 2,500.
1: Mm-hmm. And Seven. 10 accounts. 10 on accounts t- and the 720. Yep, 10 accounts. Total ten accounts total on the on their actual credit report and above a seven twenty credit score
0: and above. Okay, so if you have that, then then what does that what so they come to you and what does that yeah. and, they, and
1: they have a job. Then now we can go to CBR Capital, my other company, <laughs> um, and we can get them funded. Um, they more than likely will be able to get funded one to two times their W two income on a five year note that has about a twelve percent interest rate. So it's going to be expensive money comparatively to what they could get on the business side but it's cash. They'll have it in like two weeks. Most of my clients get about hundred thousand cash that way. And I've had clients use that as gap funding for deals that I've literally wholesaled to them. I've had other clients use that money to buy their e-commerce business and fund it and then fund building their business credit. So that way they can get more capital, but the whole time they never come out of pocket still. Cause I still don't recommend digging into your 401k, borrowing from cousins, friends, or family. The, the most aggressive thing I recommend my clients to do is find someone that believes in them and their vision and ask them to be a credit partner and see if they can get funded through someone else and then bring them into the fold. Someone that's either on your team already because my personal belief about um, doing business with people is if they're not willing to um, get out of their comfort zone, then they're going to consistently be in the same position no matter how much work we do with or for them. So some sometimes when we have them do these things, it's because If they don't get out of their comfort zone now then later on when there's some shift in the business model or they need to be creative or they have to actually be an entrepreneur they're just not going to be ready for it they're going to be in complaint mode they're going to say it's not working the way it's supposed to and like that's not how the universe works things aren't supposed to just work (laughs) so you gotta you gotta have some really clear intention and sometimes you gotta move with the waves so that's uh that's that's what we try to cultivate and usually someone who's making 20k a month they're already there Usually somebody's already got a good amount of money saved. They already are there. They're more of an abundant state. So it's more about the state of the person, you know? And if their credit is challenging um, and they can't like afford our programs because we're not going to sell them credit repair. Um, We can sell them our ebook that teaches them how to do it themselves at readyaimfunding.com. So they can literally, and I think it's on sale right now for 50% off. So they literally can go fix their own credit um, and then circle back to us when they are ready to either fund themselves, because the book shows them how to do that too, or they can circle back when they're ready for us to fund them. The only thing that makes it super hard is if they're also jobless, you know? So, you know, you know, I think we've all uh, listened to a little bit of Jim Rohn, you know, he said, it's okay if you can, if you're broke, you know, it's okay if you're ugly, it's okay if you have a bad attitude, but you can't be all three, <laughs> you know? But so it's like, they gotta, you know, they, they gotta kind of, you know, be on the up and up in order for us to really be able to help.
0: And, you know, but there are, there are some people I know that, you know, are in that position, you know, given the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of opportunities, a lot of jobs that have been lost, you know, yes. during this time. And so, I, and, and I understand exactly where you're coming from with Jim Roman, and I think we empathize with you uh, in that, but, you know, there is a limit to what can, you know, how one can help. And, yes. but there doesn't mean that if you are in that position that you cannot come out of that position uh there is a path forward what was that yes. ready aim fund.com
1: ready aim funding
0: funding ready aim funding.com that yes. you can go and get you can begin the process and then when you're ready pick up the phone and call elijah and say hey let's go let's 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 yes. make it happen yes. so um Just understand that it's not over.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. And uh, even if they don't have a job and they are able just to increase their credit, believe it or not, if they have enough money to just buy a $300 entity and get their business, you know, on paper looking right, we could still get them probably 50 to 60K of credit cards, um, even without a job, right? With no income verification. So they could be in the toughest of situations. And if they, yeah, they can still figure it out and we're, and we're willing to help them. We've helped tons of people like that. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I was clear on what the ideal avatar is, you know? Oh, no, no, no,
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted you to share was the ideal yeah. avatar. And then, you know, go to, you know, where, hey, am I totally locked out of this? if nice. I, not at all in the situation because you know we there are a lot of different people that, yes. are, that are struggling <laughs> yes. at this point in time even though yes. it's 2021 when we're recording this yes. um, you know and we're looking at potentially you know a bubble in the stock market right we're looking at some other things so positioning or repositioning yourself before that happens is yeah. really important you know um or this could be the thing that tips the, the the equation the other way for you so um thank you so much this is <laughs> this has been really really good i really um really enjoyed this um, how can people get in contact with you again elijah
1: yeah uh the best way to get in contact with me would be at seven the number seven figurefun.com. um you can find all of our handles twitter instagram facebook um at seven figure fun um and uh and at the website there's you can even call us from there so that's how you can get in touch
0: with us last 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 question that we always ask everybody is to give us the boot since this is red boot llc's uh podcast um and essentially it's just what is the good thing that you can you know give us you you talked about jim Rohn. um (laughs) but what is something else or some other advice that you would give us to kind of you know push us in the right direction so give us i um i
1: was uh reading and listening to a book called Limitless right now that was written by a gentleman named John Quick. I think his name is John Quick. Um, but basically, he had a brain injury. His brain was really slow. And he trained his brain to be really fast. And now he's trained people like Will Smith and politicians. And that's what he does for a living. you know. Um, and one of his quotes in his book that I think pertains to 2021 for everyone who's trying to make a big shift is uh, on my board right here no problem can be solved with the same level of consciousness in which it was created, Albert Einstein. And uh, that was someone else that was looked at as dumb. That actually turned to be one of the smartest people we've ever heard of. So regardless of how you feel, where you're at, or even what level of consciousness you're at, just understand that you just got to shift your consciousness to a solution-oriented one. And the solutions are there. They're plentiful, they're abundant, and everything you want is at your fingertips. just got to make sure you shift your consciousness to see that
0: perfect well listen thanks again for your time and this has been great and if anybody has any uh, questions please reach out to elijah i do not have access to that level of information and knowledge and it'll be a wonderful thing i'm pretty sure that uh, he can get you on the right track so again thank you again elijah for for all the information that you've given all of us thanks so much
1: awesome thank you for having us appreciate it